Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, listeners, welcome to another mashup. It's great to have you with me and going to go through today's episode. Actually, a little while ago, we actually celebrated the 300th episode for the Leadership is Changing podcast. I had two wonderful friends of mine who are guests with me. I've already introduced them before in previous episodes and... Um, near the beginning actually when we first started the actual um, podcast itself so almost two years ago now Mike Hancock and Lundy Jack are my two guests and uh, I had them on together uh, in relation to episode 300 as we celebrated the actual episode and the milestone of reaching 300 now I've got two parts to this and so we'll be sharing in the mashup but um, you know I asked the question about what they both of them have been up to in the last two years, especially with the pandemic and so forth, and over the two years that we've done the podcast. And then, you know, a little bit later on, just wanted to know a little bit more about some things, and um, what I'm going to do is just leave it over to you now to have a listen to the mashup. What have you two been up to in the last two years? Well, that's an interesting question, Dennis, because me and Mike love to travel. We love to travel for business. Uh, we love to travel for personal experience and uh before COVID and all these things happened, we used to travel about 4.5 times around the globe. That's, that's what our app said, yep. actually. So uh, that, that's a lifestyle we were used to. And with the lockdowns and the restrictions and everything, we, we found ourselves home a lot. So I'll probably describe our past two years with the word grounding. We've went from all that travel to actually really being home um, – <laughs> I laugh and say, you know, we went from 4.5 times around the world to actually standing in front of a washing machine and trying to figure out how the thing works. But we've really used this time to our advantage to actually make more of a transition from the personal development industry to more of the educational industry so that we can bring some of our business intelligence to the masses. We use the time to get certifications and accreditations, something we find a lot with a lot of leaders at the moment seeking for more credibility so um, that people can trust them um, with what they're doing. And uh, in the past six months, I can report with our community around the world, it seems as if events really are opening up again um, corporate budgets are opening up again, so we find ourselves playing more and more in that space. Yeah, that's good, and, and it's interesting how you know our lives have changed, and you've been travelling so much, and now grounded, and and then now starting to come back as well, which is good. And uh, yeah, a lot of people. It's good to see some people are not sitting down on the couch all day just watching Netflix. They're actually are doing something with their lives. They're wanting to have that credibility, grow that credibility, upskill themselves, and go off and be better leaders or go off and become more effective leaders. 
uh, which is wonderful to see. Mike, how about you? Well, I think I, I just literally follow Lundy around the kitchen getting reacquainted with it. So that's uh, <laughs> that's been it. But quite honestly, Dennis, I think a lot's changing in the, in 2022 and probably in countries like New Zealand and Australia that really don't get going until after sort of 1st of February. I think now that you have sped up and we've got through March and Easter and things like that, I think, you know, we're really seeing corporate budgets free up. I mean, our diary is full of meetings with CEOs. And yesterday I was doing a Zoom meeting with uh, one of the leading banks in uh, Tanzania. And it's all leadership stuff because leaders are stuck, stuck, stuck at the moment. And uh, the, the word on the street that we're getting from directly from CEOs is they have no idea what to do. They actually don't know what to do. When you say they're stuck and they don't know what to do, don't know what to do in relation to what? What are they stuck about? Well, it's interesting. That's a great question, Dennis, and I'll, I'll answer it this way because recently I was looking at a report that came out globally from uh, April this year, and uh, I've got a statistic here. I'm just going to actually read it to you because I, I knew you'd ask some tough questions, so I thought I'd look this up. How's this for a statistic? Globally, 45,000 companies surveyed, Right. 45% of leaders prefer now to work from home, but they are 33% more effective in their work when they're in the office. How does the CEO deal with that? Yeah, and that's huge, isn't it? That's a, it's not a small percentage. That's a big percentage. That's a global stat. Yeah, and then so how do they bring them back into the office is one thing um, because, you know, a lot of people for two years, it's been a long time working from home, and, and it's uh, – there's that, um, well, the way I want to say it is just the convenience of being able to work from home. I think some of them are working probably longer hours, but is it more effective? And that stat you've just said, 33% more effective in the office is interesting. I wonder why it is that they're more effective in the office. Is it face-to-face -face stuff? What do you think, UT? Well, it's interesting when you break down the survey, and it really is very country-specific, but the trends are pretty much the same with a couple of anomalies. You know, People are looking in the office, they want to have meetings in the office. They don't want to do Zoom meetings, right? That's, that's it. They want to have face-to-face -face meetings and they want to collaborate and they don't feel that they can collaborate from home. But here's another interesting statistic out of the same report. I don't have to look this one up. It's in my brain. The number one value of leaders as at two months ago or one and not even two months ago, a month ago, is privacy, 61% of leaders surveyed put privacy as their number one value and they're not finding it in their office. So that's an interesting thing too. So what it means is that we've got this flux, if you like, of various issues from how do I bring my team together and get them working on the same path again to how do I maintain my privacy, which is one of my highest values, to how do I actually, you know, get everybody working and heading in the same direction and get my target because I've got to make up for lost ground of the last two years. Mm. And you mentioned all the amount of money that the offices and the companies have spent over the last year, few years around open office space. And now the people are saying, you know, 61% are saying we don't have privacy. We need that privacy to be able to have those kind of conversations and get on with what we want to get on with. You know, Dennis, I, some people listening to this are going to go, oh, Mike's so old school, which is cool. But, you know, when I was in corporate and a corporate general manager, I hated open office. 
and I fought it tooth and nail in our company and I lost, so I moved out of the building and got my own office. So it wasn't open office. And I can honestly say that I think that our productivity went down in the last couple of years that I that I worked there from open office. Now, I think there's some jobs that obviously, you know, you, you don't want to put the filing clerk in, in open office because it's not practical. But I think once you get a certain level of seniority where your conversations need to be private and you need more thinking time, I think open office is, it's a distraction, you know, and... I got to the point where I took chairs out of my office so people couldn't sit down when they came in because it just created distraction. You know, people walk in, sit down in the chair and go, hey, boss, let me talk to you about. But then they'd walk in and go, uh, 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 and they'd be looking for somewhere to sit and I'd just go, can I help you? Lundy, what about yourself? What are you, what are you seeing out there as well? Because I'm sure that you're not following Mike around everywhere around these, some of these stats, are you? I do most of the time, actually, Dennis. <laughs> Um, it's an interesting conversation, you know. I think, you know, more than ever, and um, I'm speaking for myself and I'm also speaking for many, many of the client conversations that we have around the world, is I think um, intent is is more important now than ever before. And, you know, we've had this buzzwords around b- uh, work-life balance and all that, but the definition of work-life balance is really changing because you have the intent when you walk into the office to work, and when you walk into your house, you intend to have a, a personal experience, whether that's cooking or whether that is having friends over or whatever. So previously, work-life balance meant making sure that you give enough time for work and enough time for life. But now that's become quite a physical thing. We're now talking about actual locations. And I mean, me and Mike has definitely noticed uh, with our travel, we would sit working in a hotel foyer or we would sit working in a boardroom or we would sit working at those type of places. And that made intent very easy for us because you sit down, you open your laptop or your mobile phone and you have a goal and you finish that goal, you get up and you move on. The office spaces did give us that. But now in the past two years, we've noticed working from home, the incredible frustration around it because your intent gets completely muffled. The one moment you're working on the goal, the next moment, uh, you know, your doggy wants a biscuit. The next moment, uh, there is the washing machine that finished. The next <laughs> moment, you're going for a, a, a cafe. So the whole thing is getting slightly distorted. So for us personally, and I don't want to speak for Mike here, but the theme has really been, and I find myself not only having this as a theme for us, but the conversations we're having with leaders is self-discipline. Self-discipline has become more prominent and one of the more super skills than ever before. I have so much respect for what you said in the beginning, Dennis. You made a pact with yourself on consistency. You're going to consistently deliver to your clients. Now that is self-discipline. And that's where me personally, where I see leaders really changing, checking in with themselves and having the self-discipline conversation. When I'm at work, am I working? When I'm at home, am I spending time with family? And if I have to work from home, am I still actually working? And do I know where to put the boundaries down for family? And for us, Dennis, I mean, it it got to the point because we're so used to working on the road, as Lundy said, that Lundy said to me at probably uh, start of 2021, we need to go buy an office. So as you know, we literally had to go and buy an office so that uh, we could get up and go somewhere to work every day rather than just be home. And we're not lazy people, but we felt that after two years of, of being located at home, it was becoming distracting. 
So we had to go somewhere. So we figured, why not buy an office? It's only two kilometers from our house, but, you know, it's somewhere to go. And it's also somewhere as importantly for our staff to go. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've, I've actually seen there a lot of leaders, or a lot of individuals, full stop, have actually struggled by working from home in the sense they didn't have that transition of that car drive or the boat or the, the cycling to work, whatever it was, they didn't have it. And they went from the bedroom to the bedroom because that's where the laptop was or the lounge in the kitchen, and they struggled. And But what do you think, both of you, I mean, what, what do you think in the way of how leaders are coping now that the pandemic, I'm going to call it coming to an end or not as severe as it was before. How are people coping with that? You know, hey, Mike, you talked about that that stat of bringing people back into the office, right? How are they coping at the moment? Well, it's a great question, Dennis. And I think, you know, you said it before, but change is the only constant in the universe. So I would say the answer to your question is don't use this as a cop-out. So... You know, it's easy to have this as a cop-out. You know, I've got to, I've just been flicking through my diary looking at what's coming up before this and, and uh, you know, we're doing uh, some work with a company in South Africa at the moment who's 90,000 staff. They're in the top 1% in the world in culture. They've got the award. They're, they're in the top 1%. They're a great company. Everybody knows who they are. We met with their CEO a few weeks back and the work that we're doing with them is based around three words. And how's this for a major corporate? Could you imagine this five years ago or 10 years ago? But I'm telling you, this is why they're leading. Connection, collaboration, and consciousness. That's what they want their leadership to understand in the next six months. Connection, collaboration, and consciousness. So when I come back to your question, I think for a lot of people who aren't taking leadership seriously enough, they'll look at this with a problem mind. And Lundy has a saying of which wolf do you feed, the white wolf or the dark wolf? Maybe you'd like to explain that one a little bit. I will. You know what, Dennis, it's it's a fascinating question because there's so much conversation and debate going on around the role of wellness back in in especially the corporate workspaces. And, you know, uh, a lot of people who specializes in mental health and all those things says, you know, finally, corporates will actually allocate the budgets for people's mental health. And, And COVID, of course, I mean, I never want to take away the incredible, you know, craziness of what happened here. I think generations after us will look back at this and and probably speak about the mismanagement of this and the leadership that, that just left people in awe and in the poor decisions that's been made. And that obviously don't go for everyone. What I've noticed, again, and I'm really talking about working with our clients and having these conversations with them around the world, that's the pool from which I'm drawing my intelligence that I'm sharing with you, is that, you know, I've noticed if a person before COVID had mental health issues and issues with coping and resilience, that worsened. And I've noticed people who couldn't deal with typical life disasters like divorce or the death of a loved one or whatever – the same issues still exist. So it's just enhanced in some people. So some people were already um, on, on uh, you know, on the edge before this, and now they're more on the edge. Other people will was already on a process of transformation. Now they're even more on the process of transformation. So I, I feel things are enhanced in either a positive or negative way. Well, listeners, I hope you got some awesome things just out of those two snippets or those snippets I've actually brought together in the mashup. 
I'm going to really encourage you now to go to the episode 300 and listen to the full actual episode. Now, Mike actually mentioned about the white wolf and the black wolf that Landy talks about, and I haven't put that in the snippet here because I want you to go to the full episode and have a listen to it and see what uh, Landy is referring to. And uh, it's really quite interesting to, to understand what she's talking about in relation to the two different coloured wolves. Um, so it'd be really good for you to check it out. Now, of course, they've shared some really wonderful information in this episode. And uh, yeah, I'm also going to encourage you to share episode 300 with other friends that you may have or the actual podcast full stop. Please share that with as many friends and people that you know um, so we can get them to start listening to it and start downloading the episodes because there's some wonderful, wonderful interviews that I've done with some great information from people, but also on the Ask Dennis Freestyle episodes as well. So go and check those out. You know, we've got one that just came out last Friday that uh, you may have already heard and may not have heard, but if you haven't already done that, that's on episode 337, and it's about giving yourself permission. And if you haven't already read that, uh, listened to that one, go ahead and do it. It's actually a very short episode of about eight to nine minutes. And um, yeah, just go ahead and listen to that as well. All right, listeners, great to have you with us. Thanks for joining. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 